Praise God. Today, we're going to talk about seasons. You know, I, I love the changing seasons. Here in the Northwest, we do experience four seasons, even though the weather is somewhat milder sometimes, most of the time, than other places. So we have winter, fall, summer, spring, and then it picks up and it goes all around again and the cycle starts all over again. My favorite seasons, this happens to be the, the spring and the fall. I just love the crispness of the air, earth trees blooming, blooming and so on like that. Many times in the house we will change the decor of the house to go along with the seasons. My wife kind of orchestrates that, praise God, amen. But we will change things in the house to go along with the seasons. And what I've learned over the years, and you've heard me probably say many times, for every physical reality, such as seasons, there is also a spiritual reality, which is more important than any physical reality, because everything in life is driven by spiritual realities. Okay, for everything in the physical reality, there is a spiritual counterpart. But what's happening in the spiritual realm is far more important than the physical realm because the spiritual realm is what drives, what drives everything. So we see that everything in life, as we have physical seasons, there are also spiritual seasons. And that's what we're going to look at today. So with that, we have to see what the Word of God says. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. God is the master planner, as we know, and everything that he has designed is for his purpose. And if we are able to align ourselves with that purpose, then things for us usually get better and better in life. Challenges can be overcome. Amen. So we're looking at seasons here. Praise the living God. Ecclesiastes 3. And starting with verse number 1, make sure that everyone is there so that we can all benefit from the word of God. Amen. Praise God. Praise the living God. Some of us left our electronic Bibles at home, so it's a little more challenging. Praise God. God is good all the time, all the time. Chapter 3, starting with verse number 1. To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. Please underline to everything there is a season. To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. Please underline to every purpose under the heaven. Verse 2. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. A time to pick up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to rend, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. We see that according to the word of God, there's a season for everything in life. If only we could embrace these seasons, the seasons of life, as willingly as we embrace the seasons of the physical world around us. 
We easily accept winter, summer, fall, and spring. But when we go through the seasons of life, we don't easily, as easily accept those things which come into our lives. You've heard the expression that the only thing that is constant in life is change. But unfortunately, that's what we tend to resist. We tend to resist change that's in our lives. When the seasons of the physical world come around, we don't resist them. We don't say, oh gee whiz, summer's about to come. Let me get, stand ready to resist that. I refuse to take off my winter clothes. I'm going to go through all of the summer in my parker and my boots. We don't seem to resist that. But when we go through the seasons of life, we tend to resist them. Especially if it means that the seasons in our lives are taking us outside of our comfort zones. If the seasons of our life are taking us outside of our comfort zones, we have a way of readily resisting those changing seasons. Well, the same way God is in charge of the physical seasons of the earth, God has planned the seasons of our lives with his infinite wisdom. He has ordained each one, each season in our life, knowing exactly what fruit is to be harvested during each time frame of our lives. Though we tend to resist. I know that since his desire is to do us only good, God's only desire is to do us good, he enjoys each season that he plans for us. Let's go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. And we're going to start with... Praise the living God. Praise the living God. 29. And we're going to start with verse 8. Why are we so quick to resist the season that we're in? You know, God knows the good thoughts that he has towards you. God knows what plan he has for you. So why do we oftentimes resist what God would have for us to do? Jeremiah 29, verse number 8. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you, in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Please underline. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Please underline all of that. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Verse 12. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Please bracket or highlight all of that. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me. Underline, you shall seek me and find me. When you shall search for me with all your heart. When you shall search for me with all your heart. Underline all of that in verse 13. Okay? So God says that he knows that that the thoughts that he has towards you. God has nothing but pleasant, pleasing thoughts towards you. And you have to understand that when you're going through the various seasons in your life. 
God does not wish any harm in you. God does not wish bad things to you. God does not wish you to be struggling. God does not wish you to be going through a hard times. You have to understand how God is viewing you and how God is thinking of you. There's nothing but good thoughts toward you. So it says to you, says it to you though here that when you come into these times, it says, if you call upon me, verse 12, then, then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. So the first thing we know that when we get into a season of our lives that is particularly perhaps uncomfortable for us and maybe it's putting us into a change something that we need to change and you're feeling a bit uncomfortable the first thing you need to do first and foremost is to seek the face of the Lord you need to run to him you need to call out to him in prayer what's going on Lord I'm in a new place I'm in a new time Again, I say, you know, and you've been there, we've all been there, that something, when there's a change in your life, it is not oftentimes comfortable. It's a matter, matter of fact, many times, it's simply the unknown. I'm going into a space here in my life that is unknown to me, so therefore I am uncomfortable. So God says, though, to call me, to seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. And he says in verse 14, I will be found by you. So we know here that God has a plan for us and that we simply have to call on him. So how do we make it when we are going from season to season? What things should we remember? What things should we, should we remember? We can kind of talk theoretically, if you will, about there being seasons in our lives, but how do I actually address this in my day-to-day life? How do I manage it? What things should I remember according to the word of God? Well, let's start by going to Psalms. Go to the book of Psalms, number one. Okay, what should I do when I find myself in this new season? And we all go through new seasons. Sometimes that, that new season may involve a physical move. It may involve a physical relocation. Sometimes it can be a spiritual relocation. It can, uh, a new season for you in many times can be simply, I've made up my mind. I've made up my spirit, in my spirit. That this is what I'm going to do relative to the things of God. Last week we talked about what's that in your hand. Are you holding on to it so dearly you don't want to let go of something. It could be holding you back. A new season for you could be the fact that you've decided that I'm no longer going to hold on to this thing in my life that is so precious to me. Whether that thing is a, 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 a physical object, money, or whatever. It could be a position that you're holding. It could be the way you're thinking. It could be how you're worshiping God or not worshiping God. But that decision that you make to make a change could perhaps be a new season for you. It could be ushering in a new season. And for the mere fact that you decided to obey what you hear Holy Spirit saying to you, and by you obeying and taking an act unsure, not certain where it's going to take you, but that could possibly be a new season for you. Because there's a time for everything, according to Ecclesiastes. Everything under the sun. Amen? So how do we behave? How do we carry ourselves? How do we conduct life while we're going through a season or looking at a new season? Well, the Word of God gives us advice there. Um, Psalm number 1, verse number 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Alright? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Who do you take advice from? Who are you taking advice from? Who are you listening to? The word of God is, 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 very, is very clear on, on, on how we take our counsel because not everyone has our best interest in heart. 
when everyone really, really cares how well you're going to do, they may put on like they do or whatever. But deep down inside, first of all, they don't know where you are relative to your, your, your relationship with God. They don't know where you are spiritually. They don't know what Holy Spirit has told you to do, what you feel in your heart you should be doing. So many times you will get counsel, quote unquote, from people. And many times these people are ungodly people. So, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, verse 2, is in the law of the Lord. And his law does he meditate day and night. Underline meditate day and night. Do you meditate on God and the Word of God? Do you think about God? Okay? Now, this does not mean God knows that we obviously have to do, do, do things in life. We have to, to get through the 24-hour period that we call life. And God does not expect you to be reading the Bible 24-7. But do you, do you set aside some time to meditate upon what you're reading? Or to meditate about what you're hearing from God? You know, meditate means to, 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 to really, actually there's one translation that says it's almost like regurgitation, meaning that you swallow something and you bring it up again and you digest it again and you bring it up. So meditating is when you're going over something, you're thinking about something over and over and over again. For his, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he med- in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree, listen to this now, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth... That brings forth, that brings forth his fruit in his season. Underline season. His leaf, his leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. So verse number three, which I love, he says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall also not wither, and, and whosoever he, uh, whatever he does shall prosper. Psalm uh, 1, one uh, verse here is a picture of the person that walks with the Lord. They are careful whom they choose to spend his time with. They stay away from those that are full of contempt and disrespect or being scornful. We stay away from those kind of people. Instead, he or she spends time in the word and purposes to give a life that is pleasing to God. The psalmist here also says that this is just and, and um, that this just and righteous man is as a fruitful tree, which is properly watered, which is properly watered. Properly watered. Watered by what? Watered by the word of God. And therefore produces good fruit at the proper time or in the proper season. The Lord blesses him with a prosperous life. Your time on earth matters to God. So we see here God, the psalmist here, likens us to a tree here that is taking in, 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 in water. Taking in water and as a result of that we're going to be prospering. How do we manage during these particular seasons? Amen. We also see here in Isaiah 55. Go to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. The seasons. If you're going through a season in life... That is a change and it feels uncomfortable. Or maybe there's a season in life that you're going through or about to go through that does not seem uncomfortable to you. But there are questions that you have of God. Where shall I go in this new season? Well, the best way to know where God wants you to go is to talk to God. You know, 
You know? If you're lost, you know, you don't go and you don't talk to another person that is wandering around the street looking just as lost as you to find out how do I find direction. Amen? You go to someone that knows. That knows. Okay? So if God said to us previously in the scriptures, we read that uh, the thoughts that I think to you, about you, and for you is nothing but goodness. So when you're in a season that is a change for you and is feeling uncomfortable, then why don't you run run to him? Because God, you told me in your word that you have nothing but good thoughts and good things toward me in my life. So Lord, this season that I'm in or this season I'm about to go into, what's with it? What's going on, Lord? Okay? Then as I'm pondering these things, you see, the interesting thing is that when we are in that space of wondering what it is that God wants us to do, Many times we don't even realize it, but we become so vulnerable because we're looking for answers that we will, we will wind up almost unconsciously seeking answers from anyone who is willing to give us an answer. And you don't even realize it sometimes, you know. But you're looking for a word from God, you're looking for a word, you know, and you're kind of walking around and going around the street, you're on the bus, and you maybe I'll hear a word, you know. I'm in the car finding a, a, a radio station, maybe i hear a word. Oh, I'm getting to work, oh, maybe I'll see so-and-so, he'll have a word for me, she'll have a word for me. So, so we become so vulnerable that we wind up accepting counsel from the ungodly. The, the scripture also said further up there, it said that those, um, the, the, those, uh, those that prophesy and those diviners that are with you, they are not of God. So you need to be careful who's prophesying over you also. You need to be careful. Because not everyone that comes over, not everything that comes out of someone's mouth in terms of quote-unquote prophecies of God. So how do you know what's of God and what isn't? Well, the word of God. The Holy Spirit. Someone starts prophesying to you, you know, oh boy, oh boy, you know, God gave me a word for you. This is what God told me to tell you. And the person that's given you that prophecy, that counsel, is a pure hellion. Their life is in shambles, they're doing everything that they shouldn't be doing. But yes, so they've got a word for God, for you, from God for you. You need to be careful of that, okay? So it says to, to be careful where you're seeking your counsel. How else do we live? How do we, we, we survive? How do we make it when we are going through this time? Well, Isaiah 55. Ho, oh, everyone that thirsteth, thirsteth. Underline, everyone that thirsteth, thirsteth. Come ye to the waters, and he that has no money, come you buy and eat. Yea, come. Buy wine and milk without money and without price. First of all, everyone that thirsts, are you thirsty? You know, are you really, really, really thirsty? And only you can ask yourself that. If you're thirsty for God, you know, I I won't say every single waking moment. As I said before, God knows that we have other things that we must do in life. But we can certainly bring God and thirsting after God into our everyday things that we do in life. When I'm in the shower, I'm praying. Praying in tongues because I don't have to think about what I'm praying about. Holy Spirit is doing the praying for me. You're washing the dishes. You're cleaning your car. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're driving down the highway. Here in Oregon where we drive so much, gives you plenty of time to to spend with the Lord. If you're thirsty. Things going haywire in your life. There's sickness always upon you. Are you thirsty to find out what's going on? No matter what you seem to be trying, it just seems to blow up. You're in a place, you're in a place, you're in a place, and, 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 and you're restless. You feel like there's something else that 
I should be doing. There's something else that is better. There is more out there and your spirit feels kind of anxious. Then you need to be thirsty. Need to be thirsty. Verse number two. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which, which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat yet that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. In other words, we spend money on things, and we labor at things that don't bring us satisfaction, or don't bring us what we need. So God is saying, why are you wasting your time on that? You know? We will faithfully go to work, be to work on time. We will faithfully do what the boss is telling us to do. But when it comes down to the things of God, how faithful are we? Do we faithfully set aside time to pray? Do we faithfully set aside time to worship Him? Do we faithfully set aside time to think on the things of Him? But we spend our times on making a living, on, on, on accumulating things, on trying to outdo the Joneses next door. The Joneses have three boats, I gotta have four. We look for the things, we look for satisfaction, we look for things and results in the wrong places. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfies not. Hearken diligently unto me. And eat that which is good. And let your soul delight in itself in fatness. Incline. Three. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear. Please in line. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear. And your soul shall live. Amen. And your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Please in the line. I will. So that's a promise. God is saying that he will make a covenant with you. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel. For he has glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Underline. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. Underline. Seek ye the Lord. Call upon him. You've got a season that is before you. Or you might be already in a season. I say to you today to seek the Lord. Call upon him while he is near. And God is near. God is near. I'm telling you today, at one point, there was such an anointing in here, I had a hard time standing behind this pulpit. I'm telling you that the Lord is present. You need to seek Him. You need to call out to Him. Don't get caught up in a whole bunch of other silliness. The Lord God, you're reading His Word. Take Him at His Word. Amen? Verse number 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. God is even calling the wicked and the unrighteous man to return unto him, the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God. And he will abundantly pardon. So even if you're thinking of someone in your family, someone that you know, someone that is around you, someone that has is, is slipped away from God or has gone away from God, the, 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 the thing is that what the word is saying is to tell that person to come to him. And God is certainly big enough and bold enough to forgive, to abundantly pardon. So we all know people in our lives that we, we, we wish would come more closer to the Lord or would, would worship more and be more involved with God and prayerful and everything. Well, God is even reaching out to that person through his word. So think about that. Verse number 8 says, 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Please highlight or underline all of that. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. We as human beings, when we go through a different season other than what we were already in, and we're so comfortable, and we're going through this new space or time, we often view the things to come or the things to do the way we or a human being views them or thinks of them. We don't think like God. And many times when we are trying to think like God or trying to understand where God is coming from in our lives, we think like God through man's perspective. In other words, we try to bring God down to our level and how we would work through a problem or a situation as human beings. I'm in this situation, I'm here in this season, I'm going to this season, I want to go to this season, and you try to figure out how that's going to happen in, 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 in human being terms. We can't bring God down to our level. So the answer is, how do we get up to God's level? And one way to do that is the understanding that God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. So the way I would go about solving a problem is not the way God would go about solving a problem. The things that I would have in my disposal to solve a problem or to, to, to understand the situation is not the way God would go about solving a problem or to help you to understand the situation. You see, we are so limited with our finite minds. We can't even begin to dream to understand unless God chooses to reveal what is happening in your life. What is about to happen in this new season, in this new time, in this new space that you may or will find yourself in. Everything in your life is about new seasons, as we read in Ecclesiastes. But God's thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not, are, are not our ways. Verse number 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth... As the heavens are, are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Please highlight all, all of verse number 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and returns not thither, but waters the earth, and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So here, here what is being written here is saying, yeah, well, let me finish the, the, the thought. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish, please underline, but it shall accomplish that which I please, underline, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Okay? So what that is saying there is, is that I, I really love the way Rain is being compared with the word of God. Rain comes down from heaven. The trees and the grass receive it. They grow. They find nourishment from it. That rain doesn't go back up to heaven. Doesn't return to heaven and not nourish the grass and the trees and so forth. Well, so it is with the, the word. Verse 11. So shall be my word that goes forth out of my mouth. So in other words, his word, the word of God, is, is, is coming forth from heaven to you. 
And if you are willing to receive that word from God, it shall nourish you. You shall grow by that word. And the same way the rain does not, does not return to heaven, what does it say? So shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. So the same way the rain doesn't go back up to the heavens without, without feeding the grass and the trees and so forth, God's word is not going to go back unto heaven. His word shall not, the word that comes down, shall not return to him. Okay? It shall not return unto him void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. So the word that is coming down to you by which you can nourish is not going to go back up to God and it, it will accomplish in your life what God is wanting it to accomplish. So this season that you're in or the season that you're about to go into, whatever change you might be beginning to experience, you know, hopefully we do all things with some sort of a thought or plan. You get up in the morning, you put your feet on the floor, hopefully, most of us, you go and you get dressed, wash up, shower, whatever you do, right? And then I'm going out the front door. I'm going to work, I'm going to school, I'm going to church or whatever. There's, there's a method to your madness in getting up and going out. So there's a plan. Well, God is saying here that the plan that he has spoken forth for your life, the word of God says elsewhere that he knew you before the foundations of the earth. So before you were even a gleam in your parents' eye, God knew your spirit. And God had a purpose and a plan. Well, that plan is still there for you. And in that plan, you know, I kind of think of a, you know, think of a, a, a Gantt chart. You know, I don't know if you've seen Gantt charts, but it shows activities and sequences and things. God has this whole chart of your life. And there are different points along that chart of your life. Those points in your life could be your seasons. It could be the ups and it could be the downs. It could be the changes. When they are the downs, it's only because we are letting that change in season become a down. God does not permit or place a change in our lives because it says that he knows the thoughts he has for you, the plans he has for you. Amen? Nothing but good stuff. So if we are in a season of our life which right now may appear to be unpleasant... God is permitting this thing to happen for a reason. And what did it say? If you're thirsting, be in my word, avoid ungodly counsel. So during this time that you're in this season, you should be thirsting after God's word, thirsting after God. Okay, Lord, why, why am I here? What's happening? What's going on? What should I do? God already said that his word is not going to return unto him void, and everything uh, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I, till I sent it. So whatever season that you're in, you're going to wind up prospering in it if you continue to seek God's word. It will indeed come to fruition. God is not going to bring something into your life that is going to do you harm. He's not. It may seem uncomfortable for you at the present time, but just remember who's carrying you. That just makes me think of that old uh, poster, Footprints. We showed the, the footprints on the sand, and the writer is saying there, you know, I, I saw all of these two footprints, I think it goes, and then at one time, all of a sudden, there's one set of footprints. What happened? You know, where did you go? And Jesus said to him, the time you only saw one foot set of footprints was when I was carrying you. Amen? So God is there to carry you. So when you don't, don't be afraid of new seasons. 
You know, you may know what's going on in your life. You may know the oh, gee whiz, you know, here comes, you know, June, January, you know, you know, uh, here comes the end of the month, going into a new season. You go into that season of life with joy and with joyous expectation for what God is going to do during that time. Amen? Amen? God's word does not return unto him, unto him void. Let me just read 11 again. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, and it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. Spiritually, God's words should be the same. They should be taken to heart and nourish your spirit so that you may grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Which is what the Lord does when he, he wants to, to please, you know, when he wants things to be pleasing for you. He will admonish you to do certain things. Amen? So we go to Acts. Acts 1. Acts chapter 1. Seasons. We as human beings, we become so comfortable in doing things that we have always done. We get so comfortable in being in a place, a time, a situation, a physical reality, whatever it might be. We get so comfortable in being there. When the time comes for there to be a change, a new season... That new season sometimes can be brought about by ourselves. It could be, well, I've been in this season for a while. I think it's time for me to, to change and move locations, to move where I am physically or spiritually. And this is a new season. You may have given it some thought and some plan. But as we are making those plans to, 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 to change seasons in our lives ourselves... We need to also be sure and make sure that we are consulting Holy Spirit. So that as we make this seasonal change, if you will, that I'm doing this in accordance with your will, God, and that I want this, this change to be, this new season to go along as smoothly as possible. So we need to make sure that we're meditating upon God's word day and night. We need to seek his face. You to seek his face. Seasonal changes can be uncomfortable. Again, when fall goes into winter, winter into to, uh, what's the next, spring, and spring into summer, we don't even think about it, you know? We look at the calendar and say, oh, yeah, it's, you know, September 21st or 20th. And, uh, you know, we go to, you know, uh, hey, Google, what's the temperature? You know, or Siri, what's the temperature? You know, we listen to all of that and we plan our day based on that. And we don't really give it much thought. When it comes down to the seasonal changes in our lives, many times it can send us into a tiz. We don't know how to cope. We don't know how to deal with it. Or sometimes we fight it. How many times did God say in the scripture to various of the prophets, get up and go you to so such and such a place. Get up and move to so and so. We just read about Elijah when uh, he was told to go and seek out the woman who had the son, who had only a little bit of bread and oil. God told him to go, I will feed you. Elijah didn't argue, he picked up and he went. 
And how many times when God is telling us or we're feeling in our spirits that there's a change, there's a new season that's about to come about or a new season that I need and God gives us an unction or gives us a word, do we, do we resist it and not trust it? Well, Jesus, I feel that I should go this, I should go there. I feel I should do this, I feel I should do that. But then the devil comes in and says, how are you going to accomplish that? You don't have the education. You don't have the money. You don't have the wherewithal. How are you going to accomplish that? Amen? Amen? My ways are not your ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. You see? So that's that prospect or that possibility of a change coming about. When the devil starts putting that in your ear, how are you going to accomplish it? If that change, if that new season is coming from God, then all you merely have to do is to give it to God and to seek his counsel. And not let yourself be discouraged. And move into that season with some kid-like expectation. Remember what it was when you're on Christmas Eve, waiting for Christmas morning? I don't know about you, but we couldn't sleep. We were with anxious anticipation waiting for Christmas morning. Well, this new season that maybe you're going into, look at it with, with, with some anxious, with some wonderful anticipation. God, where are you taking me? Where are you taking me? Acts chapter 1, verse number 1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that, uh, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And just as an aside here, here is, you, you can underline that for future reference, but it just shows you here that by infallible proofs, Jesus was seen after the resurrection. Okay, he was alive. He was, he was walking around and talking to people and so forth like that. Okay, uh, things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse number four. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with, uh, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Now if you have a red line, red letter Bible, these words are written in red, meaning that this is Jesus doing the speaking. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Please underline, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. So here Jesus gave some directions, some instructions. Verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Underline that and put a little circle around the word time. Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So here they're, they're saying, at this season, if you will, will you restore the, uh, the, thing, uh, the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons. Please underline seasons. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father have, has put in his own power. Which his Father has put, with the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power 
After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Okay? So in chapter 1 of Acts here, we see, uh, we see a reminder that we just don't need to know everything. And that indeed some things, sometimes we misinterpret. You know, they thought that, uh, oh, gee, at this time, Jesus is going to restore the, the temple. No, that this wasn't the season for that. It wasn't the time. Okay? And so what Jesus said here is that you just hang on because he says that uh, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his own power. He had told them that in, in many days hence that the Holy Ghost was going to come upon them. And then it says in verse number 8, but you shall receive power at that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, all Judea, and Samaria, and to other most of the earth. So what this is saying is that Jesus said it's not the time for you to worry about the rebuilding of the temple. Don't, don't worry about that. There's something else that has to be done. You've got to tarry a while. You've got to receive the Holy Spirit. Because then, what does it say there? You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. So what he's saying is to them is that Don't worry about these seasons to come. God the Father has these things in his mind and in his hands. But just you stand by because there's a work for you to do. There could be a work for you to do. There could be something else that God is preparing for you. The same way he said to them to tarry a while because he's going to send the Holy Ghost. And then after they get the Holy Ghost, then they're going to go forward and be a witness all over the world. Amen? So God may have something else for you to do before you even go on to another season. If the season that you're in now, right now, is uncomfortable or, you're un- or you-, you are unsure of where it's going to, to-, to go, you-, you know, don't worry so much about that. Just God may be saying to you in your prayers and in your seeking Him, it- it's the kind of, just chill, just take it easy. Because there's a work for you to do. There's something else God may be wanting you to do. And for that new thing that God is going to have you doing, you need His Holy Spirit. You need His Holy Spirit. Don't be so quick and so anxious to want to move from the season that you're in, unless God is telling you to do so. But don't be so, 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 so um, all consumed about moving on to this new season that you are wanting, perhaps. But maybe just tarry a while there and wait, because what did he say? Um, he, he said there uh, um, in verse number 5, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. So maybe you are waiting on a fresh anointing of Holy Spirit or some guidance from Holy Spirit which may be coming to you in a few days hence or some time period from now. Amen? Amen? There's a a time to sow, a time to read, a time to plant, a time to lift up. In everything on this earth there is a season. So wherever you are, wait and seek and pray. Don't let yourself be distracted or, or misguided now. In the meantime, while you're waiting and seeking and praying, this Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit may come upon you to energize you for whatever this new season is about to bring. Or to prepare you so that you can do the next season. The apostles did not know that there was still to be an entire church age. They didn't know that. That we are now living in. 
They didn't know that there was to be an entire ch- church age. Okay, but they wanted to know. And, uh, and that is when Jesus gently reminded them that not only was it not necessary for them to know, but that they still had some work to do. And I say to you too, there may be still some work for you to do. So every part of your life that you go through, every new season that you're entering into, remember to, how do I get through this while I'm trying to to figure all of this out? Well, in the first place, don't try to figure it all out. The apostles didn't try to figure out when the temple was going to be rebuilt by Jesus. Jesus just simply said, "Just, just wait. You've got to be filled with Holy Spirit. You can't move into this new season or move out of this current season until Holy Spirit has you equipped to do what, do what God is calling you to do. But in the meantime, relax and just rest in knowing that God made a perfect plan when he gave us time and when he gave us seasons. He declared that the time and seasons should remain as long as the earth remained. Time and seasons will remain until there's a new Jerusalem. I don't know how God will construct the new Jerusalem, the new heavens and earth. I have no idea. But the times and seasons that we experience today, both the physical times and seasons, they're going to remain that same. And so will the seasons in your life will be guided as God guided them. But remember, though, that, you know, what, what he sends forth will not return to him void. So what God has planned for your life will not return unto him void. Now, can we delay it? Yeah, we can delay it. While God is, um, is omnipotent, I mean, he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, omniscient and everything. We can put handcuffs on God just like that, as easily as that, if we are refusing to do what God is calling us to do. We can hinder him, but God still said that his purpose is not going to return to him void. Amen? 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 Your time on earth matters. And God's timing is perfect. Be sure to watch for the parts of his plan that he has for you. You know, his plans are perfect. Time and seasons are in God's hands. We just need to trust that he knows when and what is best. Time is running out, and since you are still here on earth, since you're still here, that means that you have something to do. God hasn't called you home. You're still here. So there's something else, there's some other work for you to do. So don't be worried about the seasons. Again, we don't worry about summer, fall, winter, spring. We just, we, we transition through the physical seasons without any hassle at all. So, so we need to transition through the seasons in our life. Amen. Amen. And one beautiful way to look at it also is that the fact that you are transitioning through seasons in life, that means that you're not remaining stagnant. Nothing worse than stagnation. Especially in the life of a Christian. But if God says, I wish that you were hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I will spit you out. Amen? There's nothing worse than stagnation for a Christian. We've got to be moving. We've got to be moving. And hopefully that movement is forward and not backwards. If we do get to a point where because of human error or human judgment, you know what I mean? I mean judgment decision making. If we do get to a point in our lives that we're in a place that is not good or it's stagnation and, and you wind up where you shouldn't be, if you're really praying to God, if you're really seeking His face and you're a child of God in which we all are, you'll know it. 
you'll know deep in your spirit, deep in your spirit, where no one can hear, where a brother, a father, a mother, a daughter, a husband, a wife can't hear, you know that you're in the wrong place. You know that the, the season that I'm in is not where I should be. And so this is where we need to pick up and really seek face of Holy Spirit. Let the Lord talk to us. And Lord, if this is not where I should be, then Lord, how do I get out of it? How do I move forward? I just want to do what you want me to do. God's word is not going to return to him void. His plan that he had for your life before the foundations of the earth still exists in God's mind. The thing is, how do we realize it? You know? I know most likely in my youth and whatnot, God had to readjust and change things around quite a bit. God knew where he wanted me to be. When I was a youngster, I certainly wasn't intended on getting there. <laughs> Amen? But God has a way that if you're really, really seeking him and you really want to do what he wants you to do, you can get back on track so quickly. Okay? Does God have you or are you where God wanted you to be from the foundations of the earth? The season that I'm in, Lord, I'm uncomfortable. The season that I'm about to go to, Lord, I'm uncertain. The season where I'm going, can I do it? Can I accomplish it? How do I make the transition? These are all things between you and the master planner. God said it, I didn't. He's the master planner. Where are you in your life? What season are you in? Rest assured that the season that you're in will change. Will change. There's a season and a time for everything, saith the Lord. Amen? 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 I pray that this message was a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.